Hi, I'm Alexandra Roxo, your host of the Holy Fuck podcast. I've created this podcast because I want to explore how the mystical touches us in our everyday lives, how the sacred and profane move together like two sides of the same coin. I found that in modern spirituality, we often separate the sacred and the profane. We look at certain things as being holy and good and others as being bad. And I've actually found that the most magical part of life is finding the divinity, the healing, and the transformation in all of it. In this podcast, you can expect to hear stories from people on all sorts of walks of life. You'll hear from a doctor, a sex worker, a poet, a motivational speaker, an activist, a mother, a birth doula, and all sorts of other people who are walking on an embodied path of healing and transformation as a soul awakening this lifetime. Each one of our guests will be sharing their mystical and numinous and spiritual awakenings, how the sacred has touched their lives and the profane too how they have explored life through sex, drugs, birthing, meditation, prayer, experiencing death and life, and all sorts of different elements that God, Goddess Divine, speaks to us through. If you found that you're also a rebel mystic who doesn't just fit into the simple ideas of good and bad, of spirituality, but sees the nuance that life has to offer us, then I hope you find a home with me here in this podcast. Enjoy. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode with Bunny Michael. Bunny and I go way back, and I share, and we share a little bit about this in this episode. Bunny is one of those friends who I have sort of crossed paths with, and then, like, we haven't spoken for a while, and then we come back together, and I like to check in on what they're doing and just um, feel uh, some of the magic that keeps changing and evolving over the course of their career. So, I mean, there's so much in this episode that I found to be so generous, uh, so alive. And if you haven't come across Bunny's work, their memes, um, art, music, upcoming web show, podcast, there's just so much there. So I hope that you can feel the depth of what Bunny offers us in this podcast because it felt so good for me to receive. I was uh, really excited by it. And we share some stories about, you know, being back in the day in New York City and partying and playing and, you know, being equally bad and good and all of it because that's just, you know, the human and the spirit and experiencing life on this plane. That's how it is. So, Please enjoy this episode and let us know what you think after. Uh, and thanks for being here. I am so happy today to welcome Bunny Michael to this podcast. Bunny and I have known each other for quite a long time. I believe, see, I'm almost 37 now. And I believe we met when I was like maybe 28. I don't, I think it was 2014. 2014. Okay. And we're 2000. Yeah. yeah. So that was about eight years yeah. ago. So we met, I want to just tell this little anecdote to begin before I introduce Bunny and all of um, their incredible projects. But I was at a party in Bushwick and this was like kind of this heyday moment of Brooklyn 
in, in my opinion, I mean, for my own relative experience, but it was like you take a cab to a warehouse and you go in and you pay probably five bucks and there's just incredible artists making music, showcasing performances or paintings or just everything. And that was such an inspiring moment. Anyway, I walked into this warehouse and it was like a blue and red light, I remember. And Bunny and Amber Iberici were playing uh, music on, on stage. And what was, what was the name of your band? Twin Gems. Twin Gems. And I was just like, wow, who are they? I was so inspired. Um, and I was with my ex-girlfriend at the time. And I remember she and I were like kind of obsessed. We were like, who, who is Bunny and who is Amber? And, um, and we ended up that I reached out um, to ask you all if we could use your music for a film project. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Maybe that was like 2013, actually. I yeah. Think. Yeah. So actually yeah. wrong girlfriend, but. I was there with someone. I think I was actually was a different girl when it was before that one. <laughs> whatever, a long time ago. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but I remember just being so inspired, and it was such a like a, a ripe time in the queer scene in Brooklyn, and there was so much great art, great dance parties. I was actually just talking about this with my partner now the other night. I was like, there was such freedom that I felt at that time in Brooklyn. So anyway, we'll get into that in a little bit and we'll talk a little bit more um, about these moments, these magical moments that happen in our lives. But I'd love, I'd love to actually pass the mic to you to introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about your work, what you do in the world as well. Okay, well, I'm Bunny Michael and I am multidisciplinary artist and spiritual coach and also just human being trying to <laughs> live my life. Um, and well, basically, you know, I've been a musician for years, visual artist, and in the process of making art, I have connected to my spiritual journey and then that became the subject in my art. And so I started making art about the journey, the path um, towards love, the awakening of love within you. And I started calling it your higher self, which higher self could be a term for, you know, the self with a capital S, who you are beyond the ego's identity and exploring and unlearning the conditioning of the world, the conditioning of our trauma, and just kind of sharing my journey. And I started sharing it in a meme form on Instagram. And ever since then, it's sort of blossomed into this whole uh, a podcast and books. And now I'm filming like a web series so, where I talk to my, to my higher self. So most of my art is dialogue between me and my higher self where it's a thought and then the shift in perspective to seeing that thought from the loving perspective or who you are beyond your ego. So yeah, I've just been kind of making my work, living my life and just sharing the journey, you know, that we're all on together um, and just trying to be really open about where I am and that it's okay to be both, right? It's okay to be 
our egos and our higher selves and, you know, accepting our humanness and then also accepting our divine nature. That's kind of like <laughs> what I've been doing for this time. And um, it's been really, really fulfilling. And I just am going to continue learning and unlearning and growing and, and sharing. Mm. Wow. Awesome. It's just, it makes me so happy to hear and to just have been able to witness your journey over the last like eight years since I've met you. Um, just the, it, it's truly an example of someone who is on their spiritual path and on their artistic path and how those things in my opinion, are really intertwined, whether someone chooses to express their soul and their spiritual journey as art or writing or visual art or music, that's, you know, not everyone's path, but with yours, it's been beautiful to watch that. I think you've allowed us um, a window into that journey, like of awakening and healing and made it really easy to understand and comical. And um, uh, it's been awesome to experience from the outside. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> and I was just thinking and like, um, I was like, did we sit in ceremony together? I know we had many wild nights dancing together in Brooklyn. I think we, I don't know if we sat in ceremony together. We definitely had experiences together. Maybe it wasn't a ceremonial setting. Maybe it was just like in a party setting, but yeah, you know, that can be transformative. Also ceremonial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and one other thing I want to share about Bunny. Bunny created our Be Here Now-ish, which is the web show I made way, way back when, but created the, the art for the first season, which was so cool. And the graphic yeah. that, um, that you made that then like someone at Nordstrom ripped and made into a shirt that they were selling at Nordstrom. Do you remember? Oh yeah. So it's funny. Like the beginning of like, we're all learning how like things just get, you know, right. You know, you know, the internet is just kind of like free for all for. Yeah. yeah. We weren't on Instagram at that time. We were barely on Facebook. It was like a very, very different time in our digital lives and our artistic lives. Yeah. I mean, that's happened to so many people, like, you know, especially over the years, it's, it's a bummer when it happens, but it's like, also like, well, you know, I guess we're onto something here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I imagine that your memes have actually set like a fire in many people's hearts to create. And I'm sure people have written you direct messages about that, or you've probably seen it like directly that people have done something similar to you. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I think, you know, for me, like with the Instagram sharing, it's, it's always like, as I've grown over the years, I started sharing the memes in 2016 and I basically been sharing and writing them this whole time. So for like four years and I've learned a lot. I feel like from how people react, you know, the audience, what people are into obviously. And then also just my, I learned a lot about myself and my own, um, ego and need for validation and, and so when I think when somebody has used like a line of mind without giving me credit or stuff like that, like sometimes, you know, you feel like a, a little offended, but then I have to remind myself, okay, the whole point of this is, you know, to 
help other people awake and inspire other people to awaken to their higher selves. So I actually like really love it when I see people like sort of taking that meme format and writing their own. And I've done workshops too with people to like higher self their own thoughts. And it's actually like super fun. And the stuff that I've heard from other people or what other people share as inspiration from it is so good and beautiful. And I'm just like, and, um, so yeah, it's like, it, you know, you know how it is. It's like both, you're trying to build a sustainable, um, path for yourself. And then at the same time, having to remember that if you trust and you just keeping, keep doing the work, you know, it's, it's going to work out for you no matter what. And just, you know, try not to worry and get too attached to like the stuff that you create, I think is like, something I've had to learn over, over the years. And I think it's a good thing to keep in mind. Yeah. I think that's the path of a trailblazer. You know, the person who is like visionary, who steps out and, and risks looking dumb or making a mistake is like, you don't maybe always get like the big financial, maybe it's not that it's black or white, but sometimes that person has like stretched the collective edge mm -hmm. and then someone comes in and markets that artist vision in a, in a more marketable way. And it's like, damn it. <laughs> but that person didn't stretch the collective edge, you know, someone else did and they may or may not get the, the full acclaim or the full financial support from that. And I think that artists have been doing that across time that it's just like, you know, it's, it, if you're there for the vision and your life is geared towards like, I'm not doing this for money or fame. I'm doing this because this is my art. This is my heart. And then I trust whether I make a ton of money or a little money or a big or not that I'm just following my heart. And I think that's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, but I hope you get the money and the fame and the fortune. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, I feel like it all, it's all working now at the timing that it should. And exactly. to be honest, like, you know, as more and more things are happening for me in the universe and I'm, I'm, you know, able to support myself financially more and more, I'm, I'm, I'm really appreciative of the timing because I'm glad I've learned a lot of lessons to prepare me for, you know, knowing who I am, knowing my boundaries, knowing what feels right to me and being strong in that rather than getting caught up in, the um, seduction of, you know, fame or reputable, like, you know, like status, because that, that road can sometimes lead you to a place where you lose yourself or something, you know, karma, you know, something happens where you're like totally unexpected. Like, oh, I wish I hadn't made that decision. I wish I would have, you know, known more when I, when I did that thing. And so I do feel like, okay, like, I've learned so much and it's just so valuable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's like when I auditioned for the real L word, like very good that I didn't get on it. <laughs> I was 27 and I was going through like a wild time and it would have been me like on top of a bar, like drinking a lot of vodka. <laughs> exactly. You know, you just have to kind of trust that like what's, even though it's kind of like those, sometimes you don't get what you want. It's definitely like, you know, what you need. So exactly. There you go. Well, I would love to get into the part of our conversation today where you share with us 
this moment in your life that felt like magic touched you, like God, goddess, divine touched you, like something in you shifted, um, big, small, transformational, cathartic, ecstatic, sexual, could be any of that. We're really excited to hear. So just starting wherever feels good to you. And I may interrupt you to ask you a few questions along the way. Yeah, of course. Well, I was thinking to myself because I feel like there are many moments um, in my life. And I was like, what moment should I share? Um, so I thought it might be good to kind of share how I first had an encounter with my higher self. And it was like, I was going through a pretty bad breakup. Um, and after that breakup, I had been sort of like months of just partying and hooking up and drinking a lot and, you know, just doing what you do like to get over a person. And, and I was like exploring my sexual life and like meeting up with people, you know, like having threesome with people I don't know on Tinder and like doing all of the things that like, I was like, I really want to do, you know, these are the things <laughs> that I want to do. Um, and, you know, it was fun for a while, obviously, but I started, you know, after the initial high of, you know, getting all of those ego boosts from all those different people and, and having that fun, I started, that's when like the real sadness kind of started to sink in. And I had moved into a, a new apartment because I moved out of um, the place I was living with my partner. And I had just been a, a long time of like hangovers after hangovers after hangovers and just feeling like super sad and I, one day I was just like sitting in my bed and like sitting on the edge of my bed. And I just felt so low. Like I felt like I didn't know if I wanted to live or die. And I just remember sitting there and during this time, I didn't have like a solid meditation practice or anything, but, um, I was sitting there and I just kind of instinctually closed my eyes. And when I closed my eyes, I just, I saw this vision of myself from like a bird's eye view. And I saw myself sitting at the edge of the bed and I sort of came and sat <laughs> in, it was like, I was outside of my body and I came and sat next to myself and I looked at myself and I could see my face. Like I could see the pain. I could see the shame and the embarrassment and, you know, the, the self-hatred and the criticism and the judgment and all of that stuff that was just, and I remember seeing my face and I could see it on my face, you know? And I just had this like overwhelming feeling of compassion towards me. And I was looking at myself like, like a child, you know, I was looking at myself and being, you know, in, in my mind and just feeling so much love for, you know, the pain that I was holding on to and for how I was like holding on to this thing. And so I just like wrapped myself around myself and I just like told myself, um, you're okay. 
you're doing okay. Um, you are worthy just how you are, you know, you, you can let this go. And I just, I, the, the vision of me like holding myself and, and loving myself, um, was just, I just felt this immense love and compassion. And I saw like my face just kind of like relax and just like kind of like tears of relief falling down. And it was, you know, one of those moments where you just, you, when you, when you really feel love or grace and you just surrender to it. And I kind of like snapped out of the, the moment and I was like sitting there in the bed and I was just, I felt amazing. Like I felt like I had never seen myself from outside of myself before in that way. And, um, it was just, you know, it just happened in the middle of the day. And that was the beginning of, um, the whole idea of like what a higher self is kind of came to my mind. Cause from that point on, I was like, okay, like I just, you know, you know, you hear about like self-love, you hear about all this stuff and it's, it's, it's hard to wrap your mind around those types of concepts. But when you have a, an experience where you actually feel like this is what it is, like, this is what self-compassion is. It's just loving your humanness and, and knowing like that you can, for, forgive yourself and let go and just love yourself for what you've been through and also know that you are so much more than that because at the same time of me seeing like my pain over here I was over here and so I was like who am I mm. you know like who is that that just like held myself in that what mm. is that you know and that's when I was like oh like I had a, you know, I'd been on the spiritual path for a while and I, and I knew like the whole, the, the, I had moments of feeling like the divine within me, but having it be so like sort of separated in this way was like the first time I feel like I really embodied it. And so I really just kind of like let go that day. I mean, obviously I still have my days and stuff like that, but it really having that experience, I had never felt that type of comfort before. And it was me who was doing it. It was like, I, it was like, I had been searching for that comfort from partners, from my parents, from, you know, people loving my art or whatever. And it was me who needed to give it to myself. And so from that moment on, I just kind of wanted to explore that more and share that more because I felt so inspired by it and so moved by it. And it was such a healing um, experience for me. So that sort of like was the trigger for the work with the higher self stuff. Wow. 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 That is such a moving story. I feel it deeply in my heart and just those moments where we're pushed to our edge, a spiritual teacher that I really like, Richard Rudd, who created the Gene Keys. I don't know if you've ever heard of those, but, mm -hmm. but it's a super like mystical channeled thing. He says when we're at the, 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 the darkest edge, the, 
the, the depth of our sorrow is when we're really the closest to touching holiness. And that's like a universal principle. I just, I like the way it's like touching holy, like holiness is if we can, if we can have the courage to like, to stay in the moments of discomfort instead of avoid them or turn away, we can touch that holiness. And that's what it sounds like that you did. You know, someone else could have gotten up and called someone, gotten the phone, gone to eat, had another drink, you know, like so many other things, but to just sit. And it's like in that moment of, of just being with it, that grace came so clearly to you and not only grace, but artistic inspiration that then would bleed into the lives of many, many people. Yeah. So I, I want to hear what, what gave you the courage and the capacity to sit in that moment of pain instead of avoid it, numb it out, run away from it. Because I think that is the place that a lot of people abandon the spiritual path and just, you know, just say, fuck this. I can't feel all these feelings. This is too uncomfortable. I think in that moment in particular, I just, I didn't feel like I had a choice, you know, like I was in a point where there was nowhere I could go. And I just felt like just totally trapped. And that's why I say, like, I felt like I wasn't sure if I wanted to live or die because I felt like there's nowhere to go and I'm stuck. And there's no, there's nothing that's going to get me out of this feeling, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that like depression and those types of feelings, what I feel like, or in my own experience is that you feel it's like this tunnel where you feel like this is life And I, there's nothing I can do to get out of it. And like, how do I, what are my choices here? You know? And I, I, I feel like a lot of people do have those, that's, you know, an awakening moment for a lot of people um, who are fortunate enough to have that. And yes, like a lot of people who are spiritual teachers and stuff, like I remember Eckhart Tolle talks about how he was, depressed and suicidal and then he like kind of had a realization and then other people too I've read and stuff you know and I think of it yeah it is it can happen um it can be like a spark and I mean that's like the whole you know traditional buddhist path or a lot of spiritual religious path is is when you when you sit in the suffering um and are transformed by it Um, and you know, the more you avoid it, the more power it actually has over you. And I try to talk about that a lot when I'm doing like the higher self stuff is like, the more you avoid it, the more power you give it, the more identified you are with it. You know, like if you let it be, you can kind of have some space around it. Yeah. Like, okay. Like that's that thing (laughs) that I do, or that's that feeling that I have when this happens. All right. Like interesting. You know, and just try not to take it so seriously because you're not like wrapped up like this is who I am. Mm -hmm. These feelings are who I am or this pain is who I am. And there's no way to get out of it because this is just who this is what's wrong with me, you know. And um, so, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like a lot of people's identities, their lifestyles are all created in relation to keeping suffering away. So their days mm-hmm. are their homes, the way that they give themselves, their hearts or their work and the world is like, oh, it, and a lot of that is unconscious. You know, it's like mm-hmm. people don't know that they're actually creating this kind of self-perpetuating way to avoid uh, life's pain, right? Like, I mean, not to get get into it too heavily, but right now we're kind of in this, in a really exaggerated way of like avoiding getting sick and dying with COVID. It's like so much is put in place to avoid illness and death, which is important, right? Mm-hmm. To, to, to <laughs> it's, it's nothing to sort of take haphazardly. And it's an interesting metaphor of, of the avoidance of suffering, the avoidance of feeling sick, the avoidance of getting sick. Um, mm-hmm. And I've thought about it in my own life as a metaphor of like, oh, I'm going through my day today to avoid getting sick, right? So everything I do is to avoid getting sick. And how that in itself, you could substitute that for something else, right? To avoid getting shamed or to avoid being rejected, right? Oh, all of my relationships are constructed around this unconscious tendency and pattern. And all of my relationships are to avoid getting rejected. Mm -hmm. And whatever it is, a lot of our lives can be guided by these unconscious tendencies. And so- I think in, like you said, in many spiritual traditions, it's like, what if you just sit and go, well, I may get rejected. Well, I may get sick. Well, I may get embarrassed, right? And you get to decide, I believe, to an extent maybe, depending if you believe in karma, but um, the, 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 the heat, the dial of the heat of your own transformation, right? So it's like... For some people, their edge might be very different than other people's edge of growth. But um, have there been any any things that have that you would want to share about that have helped you to kind of stretch your own capacity to feel, um, to express, to put yourself out there, and to even share a story like this? Yeah. Well, I think what, while this was happening and you, you know, I, I have been doing art for a long time and, and, you know, as an artist or trying to be successful, you know, trying to like make it and, um, it's just can be such like a heartbreaking, confusing experience to be constantly seeking validation through your creative work and then also making creative work at the same time. And it's like, how, how do I do that? And one of the experience, that experience, and then also in ceremony, like ayahuasca ceremony, um, where I like was just told (laughs) that, um, you've been given gifts and gifts are meant to be shared, which was like a very, you know, like, because I was asking about my art, you know, of course, because that was like the most important thing. And I'm like, just tell me what to do, you know, like show me the way to success. And then I heard that, you know, that's your job. Like, you know, and, and cause I was like, what does it look like though? Like I was getting like these messages that were like, you've been given gifts and gifts are meant to be shared. Like, it's actually not for you. 
Um, and I was like, okay, but what should it look like? And then, and then I was like, that's your job. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, um, so yeah, so those, those experiences kind of made me see that actually the work isn't really about me. Um, it's channeling like divine creative energy through the form of who I am, which shapes it. But ultimately it's not of me. And so when I decided through the the process of the Instagram, you know, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this every day. Like I was in a place where I like really didn't know what to share on Instagram. You know how it is. It's like, do I share that? Is it my art thing? Is it personal? Like, I don't know, you know, and it, and like you get all that anxiety or whatever. And around that time was when those evil Kermit memes were going around. I don't know if you remember, it was like two Kermit the frogs. One was like shrouded in a hood and it was like the low oh, yeah. level thought. Okay. Yeah. And it was funny. And I was like, what if I just made it like higher self or whatever? And so from that moment on, I was just like, I'm just going to do this. Um, And I guess I just was making those types of commitments and realizing that when you ultimately the form of what you do isn't very important. The purpose behind what you do is everything. And if you have, if you are able to realize that you're here to bring more love into the world in your own unique way, then you never have to worry about (laughs) whether or not it's right or wrong or good or bad or um, whether like that's going to get old. And then what are you going to do next? It's like, if you, if you always make it about the message, there's no, you can never run out of inspiration because this is like the whole purpose of life. Um, and like, so when you are raising the purpose, you know, not just art, but, you know, business or or teaching or whatever it is, when you raise it for the purpose of your higher purpose, which is awakening love on the planet, you're never going to run out of like moments where you are like, what should I, what, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Like, this is what you're doing with your, like, this is the only, this is why you're here. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to sort of realize that after all of those years of so much ego around my, my art, it, from that moment on, like that ceremony and then that experience, I was just, I had no problem making stuff. Whereas before it was like hard for me to make stuff, you know, I'd be kind of like feeling insecure or whatever. And and now I'm just like, I'm just going to make it because, you know, like that's, that's my job. And have to show up and and then after that it's like well you know that's not really that's not my job after that yeah Hello, quick interlude here. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you are, I'd love for you to check out my book, Fuck Like a Goddess, my guide to healing yourself, reclaiming your voice, and standing in your power. Publishers Weekly called it a sharp, forceful debut. It was one of Bustle's best summer reads and a bestseller in three categories on Amazon. These are my methods that I'm teaching to inspire you, challenge you, bring up your resistance so you can face it and get free and unleash your gifts. How to let life make love to you, enjoy every bit, and find the magic in all of it guide. 
You can find it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, IndieBound, and Sounds True, or by visiting alexandraroxo.com slash book. Thank you so much. It means the world to me to have your support for my work. Back to the podcast. Yeah. There's some things that you said that were so beautiful, which is like, you have been given a gift to be gifted. I think that might have not been the exact words, but that is such a beautiful, uh, you know, thing for us all to hold in our hearts. It's like, if you've been given a gift, then why hold it back? And and that's this place where the fear of rejection, being ashamed, embarrassed, like all of doing it right, doing it wrong comes in. And that is your own sort of spiritual warriorship to get through those pieces of, you know, karmic patterns, tendencies, habits, whatever, past traumatic, you know, residue, whatever you want to call it. But so that you're, you're, it's like you're walking with this gift. Like you could look at it like a little box with a bow and all of these pieces are coming in going, you're not good enough. Da, 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 da. And you with your awakened heart go, yeah, you know, and you like sort of Jedi them out. And that's the path of an artist. And for some reason, some of us are crazy enough to keep sharing. And I think that what you said, the other, it's like, what else do I have to do, but keep awakening love on the planet? How I do it? Well, that just all depends on how spirit moves through me, how I'm dancing with life. But when you, I've tried to teach this to people I work with. It's like, when it's not about you, you risk looking dumb, you risk failing, you risk being rejected because you're like, well, it's not about me. I'm just trying to like give this gift and I might do it kind of wrong, quote unquote. I might, you know, make mistakes, but I'm just going to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's also like, it's for some people and for the people it's not like, like, I think, you know, especially with Instagram, you know, and I always have to check myself and trust me, like, I still have my moments. I still get insecure. I still, you know, fall into obviously, but I really have to check it because like, I was like, you know, it's never enough when you're looking at it from that perspective also, you know? And so like the more followers I got, you know, the, the bar was just raised. So if my average likes are like 3000, and then I start to do more and now it's changed to four. So if it doesn't reach 4,000, you know, and like, I think it was like a few months ago, I had been for some time sort of caught in it. You know, I was like chasing it again. Cause I was like really working on building, you know, um, <laughs> how we do. And it, and I like was, I just, I was like looking at my phone and I was like getting sad something to get as many likes as I normally get. And I was like, this is just greed. Like, this is just straight up greed, like more, I need more people, more of you to do more for me. And I just like saw, I wasn't like these, they were no longer people. They were just numbers to fill my ego. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like this, you know, like this is what greed is. I mean, there's a lot of different forms of greed. And, um, so that was a moment too. I was like, okay, keep, you know, you really need to check yourself. And actually since then I've been, I mean, you know, all throughout the years I had like ups and downs of that, but that really was like, whoa, like you need to like stop, you know, counting like how much you have and it's never enough, you know, <laughs> it's really like really tricky, especially if you're sharing like spiritual work. So it's supposed to be about that. And then your ego can 
get into everything. I know. I, it's like a, it's, it's an easy place for those shadows to emerge, like greed, mm-hmm. comparison, wanting more. And so how did in that moment where you're, which greet noticing, by the way, because I feel like it's a sneaky place where you can tell yourself, no, this isn't greedy. I just want so many people to hear my message. Mm-hmm. And da, da, da. you know, there's, I've heard many different people say things in order to sort of make themselves feel better about like that wanting more and more and more, right. but so great discernment and just going, uh, uh-uh, that's not me. But how did you, how did you get out of that? What did you do when you were like, Oh, I'm actually trapped in a more cycle. Well, I think you start to notice that I, I was in a bad place because it had been some time I had been off my path. Mm. And I think that, you know, when you don't have a continual practice, a continual spiritual practice, unconsciously you'll just go down that road again and then something will happen. You're like, Whoa, I need to like get back in it. Cause this is like, I don't know where I am. I lost myself again. Like I lost my higher self, like, you know? Um, and so I think it's a constant, constantly, um, trying to be disciplined in, in your practice. And, you know, you fall off, you get back on and, and something, something will spark you to realize, Oh, I need to get back on whether it's like something like that, or maybe a relationship issue, or maybe you made some kind of mistake or maybe something happened where you're like, okay, like I really need to like take care of myself right now because this thing's going on. And that's what I was telling a lot of people, you know, on the podcast about everything that's been going on during this year. Cause we started the podcast at the beginning of 2020, you know, and so many questions about like, how do I deal and how do I deal? I'm like, you know, when things become like this, like this, we have to actually give ourselves more. We have to change our routines. We have to change our behavior to um, raise the bar as far as like what we need for care. And we, we have to like really take it seriously. You know, that has to be like the most important thing because I think I was like reading in the, um, the Bhagavad Gita and it was like all um, the goal of all work is spiritual wisdom. And, Mm. and that was like, Ooh, you know, so like, we think we're doing, we think something's going on, you know, we think we're trying to build our audience, but really we're trying to become more spiritually wise. Like that's actually what we're doing. And so, and also, you know, I, 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 read the course of miracles too. And like, you know, I went to Marianne Williamson lectures, like before she ran for president and stuff like that. And she's had a huge influence on me when the course of miracles has too, but she said something in a lecture that really got to me about creativity that she's like, you know, it's not the horizontal, it's not the reach. It's the, it's the vertical. It's how deep you go. That's like where, that's what you need to be focused on. You know, whether it, if, if even it's one person. Exactly. You know, so that, that also I try to keep in mind too. Yes. That is something that I live by as well. And, and my partner, he talks about the vertical a lot because he's like really into depth and, and, and I'm like, come on, but put your gifts out there. Um, and that is something that I've had to reattune to in this last year. I think with everything that went down, it was like, oh yeah. Also like even if it may be less likes, less money, less social media, it's if you need more time to keep that vertical line really strong, then that's fine. Yeah. 
you may lose followers, you may lose momentum, quote unquote, as per the system. And mm-hmm. I let myself do that last year, even though it was different than I'd been doing before. I was kind of like, felt like I was on a bit of a, 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 a treadmill going a certain direction uphill. And then I was like, wait, I'm going to slow things down for myself. Um, and I think that it's different for everyone. I'm a Pisces, so um, and a Gemini rising. So with with that sort of scattered mind at times and like deep sensitive soul, it's like I just have to listen to that. And we're all sensitive, you know, whether you're a Pisces or an empath or whatever. We're all sensitive. There's just certain people I think that have developed or cultivated deeper sensitivity. Um, and being with that vertical and that depth means being sensitive. So you do have to listen. And in these times, if you're a person that's cultivated sensitivity, the pain and suffering can often hurt more just of what's going on in the world. Um, yeah. Another thing that we're not really dealing with right now is like our relation, not to get too dark, but our relationship to death and like how, you know, how we view death and, and how we, and, and I feel like that's just such an important um, thing that we're all just like not dealing with. We're not wanting to look at what, like you were saying, looking at the suffering. And it's just so scary to think about our own like immortality of the body and how I just feel so, and I need to do a lot of work around this too. I just feel like it's so necessary for us to start talking about death or to start talking about you know, that as a rite of passage for ourselves. And, and because I think every, you know, judging from the questions that people are sending me in the podcast and just other ways I've connected to people like this whole, all these people who have died around us, it's, it's, it's all, all of that grief and stuff is people are just like holding it in, you know, and there's going to be a time where this stuff hopefully we have the space to talk about how we've, all of this has just been happening in, in, in our lives. You know, you hear a new story and, and you have no place to put it. Mm-mm. No. So yeah, you know, there's a lot. Um, but um, hopefully like we'll just keep coming together and taking care of each other and having these types of conversations. Yeah. I mean, that's why I preach a lot about like people moving their bodies and expressing emotions and feeling feelings because yeah, right now, especially with the the amount of grief, even grief, and even if death hasn't touched you in the past year, you've still lost something for sure. Um, and some people maybe haven't had the sort of training or support to grieve and it can be quite scary to open those doors. Absolutely terrifying if you don't have a daily practice or if you don't know some techniques to sort of shift things. Um, I always tell clients that I work with, it's like, okay, if you open that grief portal, what are you going to do to transition back into your day? Are you going to turn on like Cindy Lauper and dance around, take a cold shower? Like, are you going to go into nature and, and swim at a lake or like, what are you going to do to then come out, you know, and it's feeling and opening those doors in ourself. Um, it requires some skill. We weren't, we weren't raised in a culture that taught us how to grieve or how to even celebrate. Right. We like learn how to celebrate from movies and like bars and, you know, it's an interesting 
road, I think, growing up as an American. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have <laughs> no culture for this. We have no culture. We have no grieving rituals. We have no prayers. We have no devotion except to the television and to like the phone and, to, you know, like nationalism and, to like our political parties or something, you know? Yeah. I, so. Yeah. It's it makes sense that there have emerged so many people that are like, oh, I'm going to find my spiritual path, whatever it is, I have to find it. My life depends on it and have set off, whether it's yoga, plant medicine, meditation, whatever it is. But it's like it didn't come with my culture. So I have to find it. Otherwise I won't survive, you know, like I can't mentally remain stable or thriving. And there's um, a lot of people who are kind of connecting to what was lost in their culture, like through colonialism yeah. and stuff and like, you know, reconnecting to those roots and those ancestors to kind of, you know, find something that feels like right in their heart. Yeah. Totally. Which, yeah, I'd love to hear um, as we move towards closing, but I'd love to hear what that is for you. Like what, I'd love to hear a little bit about your daily practice and then what aspects of spiritual traditions or um, connection to your own ancestors or different cultures that you have found as an important part of your spiritual path. Um. Yeah, you know, I'm still in many ways learning a lot as far as like other spiritual paths and religious paths. And I I kind of have been like really trying to educate myself more by reading more books and, and um, it's just kind of, it just always, it just makes me feel so warm to, to like be reading about like, Hinduism or Buddhism or, you know, and, and realizing that like, even during ancient times, you know, during ancient times, they were like, let go of your mind. <laughs> you know, that's not, your mind isn't who you are. And I'm like, God, you know, like, this is it. Like, this is the whole thing. And this is what we've been contending with for so long. And um, as far as like my personal practice, I'm trying to like branch out actually. Like I did this, um, like I've gone to curtains and stuff, but I did like an immersion, like virtual immersion thing with um, Krishna Dawson, Nina Rao um, this past weekend, because I was like, I really want to learn the Hanuman Chalisa. I want to be able to, maybe not memorize it, but I want to be able to sing it and know how to pronounce all the words. So I'm kind of in this phase right now where I'm trying to get into a more devotional path, like a bhakti yoga type of thing, because I realized that that's sort of actually where my heart's been this whole time. Um, and so having different ways of, you know, I, the higher self ways just always has, I've, has always been about the love and um the you know connecting to the love inside of you and it's really nice to find different um you know different beings or different figures to sort of be representations of that as well and just like on a visual level you know um and a communal level um and so yeah i'm really like and right now i've really been sort of just expanding my education in other traditions because I've mostly, I've been very like 
focused on um, the things that I've learned and sort of just like going into those really deeply. And so it's really nice to just learn more and more from other traditions and stuff like that and realizing, oh, this is like all the same. Uh, it's all the same thing and um, it's beautiful. So my spiritual practice basically is just, you know, waking up, meditating. And right now I'm doing this like um, Sharon Salzberg meditation challenge. So I try to do like all, I try, I try to like get all the help I can get um, in different, <laughs> different ways. Um, and it's like a very short thing, but you know, I've never done like a Buddhist influenced meditation thing. And so it's pretty cool. And then, so I do like my meditation in the morning and then I read, um, something spiritual or, and I'm also like, try to like, I'm trying to educate myself a little bit on psychology <laughs> more and, and kind of getting into like the spiritual and psychological merging and like the history of that and like psychedelics, blah, blah, blah. I just finished reading, um, Ram Dass's new bio, uh, memoir, which I highly recommend. And I had read like so much of his stuff before and like kind of know all the stories, but this memoir, he talks uh, really personally about his life and his queerness and like just really goes deep with like all what he was actually going through at like every stage of his life up into his death. And he writes right before he dies. And it's just, I was just like, it's so beautiful and also so educational too, you know, because he has such a merging and all these different timelines, you know, and just all these different artists, you know, all the, you know, all these culture creators, the ones that are, you know, and he has, has relationships all throughout it that he talks about. So it's really, really great. So. Wow. I love all of that. And it makes sense that you would want to be on the bhakti path because you're a singer. Like you've always been an incredible singer oh, and musician. I wouldn't say know? an incredible singer. I mean, oh, well, I give your heart to it. I'm I not saying yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't want anybody to think I'm not, I don't, a good singer. <laughs> I don't think about things in terms of like technical. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. I think of it in terms of passion and like yeah. girl. Was, or, yeah. Or, are you okay with me calling girl? Well, no. no okay. okay. <laughs> Soul. Yeah. I've seen you on the stage. I've yeah, seen you're you right. It is. The mu- it's the music. Yeah. The music, the music that is so awesome. Yeah. yeah and, and also the bhakti has a, uh, like a relationship to writing and the devotional, like doing something for a higher cause having a relationship to the beloved, which maybe also has um, a connection to this relationship with the higher self relationship with the higher something. Yeah. Um, And that you're in a, in a dialogue with that, which is, it also makes sense. So I, I used Krishna Das's music in my first play that I wrote at NYU when I was 19 and I kind of fell in love and been, you know, singing with him, going to his shows for, I guess, almost 20 years now. And like, I still like, I'm like, get on the emails, show up to the, to the webinars because he holds such a potent, potent transmission. Um, And there aren't, 
I mean, I guess aren't is the wrong word, but the, the spiritual teachers in the West, it's like there are a handful that are like really deep that have that vertical really dialed in and you can feel it. And it's like, that's definitely where I want to go learn from and show up to as well. And um, yeah, I was super happy to be at one of Ram Dass's last retreats. I like was like, okay, this is expensive, but I'm going to like go and I'm going to make this happen. And it, it was so... Um, it was so incredible. Um, so I want to read that memoir as well. Check that out. Yeah. Well, as we close here, I just wanted to, I was, I had this vision. I had a few visuals pop into my head while we're, we're speaking. And one was your kindness way back in the day when you got me a job working at the restaurant that you worked at. And I was terrible at it. And I don't know why. It was just like. At the Kenya? Yeah. Remember I worked there for like a week and I just, I think I had, I had been done so many service jobs. I was just like, I can't do it or something. It was, that job was a lot. It, was, a it lot. was like that. I worked there for like almost five years or something. And the physicality of that job, because there was like, no, it was like very like, okay, just do everything yourself. Kind of right. Right. Yeah. And so that can be really great sometimes. So you don't have somebody always looking over your shoulder, but then it's like, you only have you to like handle the situations. And it was very, no, I, I like, don't worry about that at all. I'm no, I just think, I just remember you being really sweet and getting, you know, getting me that job. And then I also remember being in your music video, which I'll have to find the link to this. Um, gasolina and it was so much fun and i like had so much fun dancing in it and yeah it's just i love all the lives that you lived thank you and just like that that real evolution of an artist and i love that i've been able to you know walk not too dissimilar a track like you know very different in how we give our gifts to the world but kind of being on this track and keep keeping making things and sharing things and just being deeply committed to that. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And then yeah. allowing and it how to like our creative careers kind of, you know, like realizing like how much it needed to merge with the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to survive this thing. <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to make it through. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Wow. So much, so much here. And I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and coming on and being a part of my first group of people in a podcast. Congratulations. And I'm excited for all the other ones. Other episodes. And I would, I would love for you to share how people can support you, engage with your work, um, what you've got coming up. Sure. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at, at Bunny Michael. You can subscribe, listen to my podcast. It's called XO Higher Self. Um, how else can you find me? You can, there's all those times. Of, when you, if you go there. How can people kinds, pay you? Oh, how can they pay me? Um, you can, oh yeah. I, thank you. I have a Patreon. <laughs> you have a Patreon. <laughs> okay, cool. Patreon. It's a Patreon for the podcast, but you know, obviously it all goes towards the higher self message. It's um, patreon.com slash XO higher self. I have a Venmo at Bunny Michael and yeah. Awesome. And do you do coaching or workshops or anything like that? Do you have anything coming up in that regard? Not right now because my, I'm a little, um, 
and busy with the podcast actually that kind of like took a lot of that space because before I was doing that and um the podcast has become sort of like the place where I do kind of connect with people so if you do want to ask me a question so that's a great way basically you can just um send a voice memo to exohigherself at gmail.com and we play the memos on the podcast and then I answer them Oh, amazing. So if you do want to connect with me, that's a really great way. And then also it shares with other people, which is like so helpful and so generous and so giving. Awesome. Oh, cool. I'm excited to listen to it as well. And just to see what's coming next. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events, and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.